<laughs> Welcome everybody to the Beauty and the Beast Mode Sports Podcast. <laughs> That's what that reminded me of for a second. Like it was some New York sports radio. <laughs> What's up, Jeff? Man, I am doing just fine, brother. Nice. It's good to be back, OG style. It is. <laughs> it is. People will be hearing this quite quickly after we record it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, we have some. We do have some words out there somewhere in the universe. Um, is that a uh, um, Fievel? Fievel goes west or some shit no. like that? <laughs> well, put a put a uh, put a dollar in the in the curse jar. <laughs> First one of the day. Anyways, bro, man, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, we have a special guest with us. We uh, do. You guys might have heard him. You you'll have to hear him. Like it's weird. It's gonna be like some uh, Inception type. Um, Quentin Tarantino type, <laughs> go back and listen to a podcast that was done before this one, but you'll hear this one first. You know, I just fact-checked, and it is Fievel Goes West. Hey! Nice. Yeah! Nice. Forget about it. Forget about it. Well, shame on you for fact-checking, man. This is the year of fact-checking, remember? It, it, the year? Okay, all right, very well. I'm like, the year of, of we've been doing podcasts for a year and we've said that we weren't going to fact check. I mean, but within this year, it's not like we started this year saying, this is the year that we're going to fact check. Of all the things we're going to do on this show, fact checking. All right, very well. But we do have a special guest um, with us here today um, in his Arizona Cardinals attire, representing. Um, who, who are you representing? What jersey is that? Patrick Peterson. See, uh, he's a big fan because I don't even know who Patrick Peterson is. Uh, and uh, I don't know who Patrick Peterson is. The best cornerback in the league. See, he gave, he gave me a look. He gave me a look. I'm like, I don't know who Patrick Peterson is, man. Um, Brian Hyam, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast for the first to be posted episode, but the second time. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, Brian's brain is, uh, you know, he's just got so much in his brain. Um, the capacity for this dude uh, to carry on a conversation is ridiculous. And I'm sure anything that we bring up, he's going to be able to touch on. Uh, so we're excited to have him. We're under strict orders that there are no politics to be discussed this episode. Well, they didn't hear the episodes that we did discuss about anything yet. <laughs> Definitely not from Brian. Even a, hey, even though his his perspective, his point of view is is um, comes from a very uh, intellectual um, uh, background. Look, the dude, like I'm saying, like he was a teacher. Um, you know what I mean? He he's he's a, a history buff. Uh, it, there's just a lot of knowledge in there as it relates to. Um, economics and politics and uh socioeconomics so uh you know we could tap into some of that stuff but as jeff stated we won't (laughs) (laughs) 
discuss historicals. <laughs> I felt like you. Uh, I felt like you were about to drop it right there. It would be to discuss. Prior to 1980, historical, political, possible. Wow. You the only one in here, bro, that could really <laughs> reference any of that. <laughs> by, by my mind, but, but through through research and all that stuff, gotcha. 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 How do you know that I don't know it, man? Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. You got me there. So Hefe, what's up, man? What are you doing, man? Pay attention. Eyes up, bro. My eyes are up here, man. Well, are you see? This is why we don't fact check. The same reason you get on me for looking at my phone and doing this, like you're doing the same thing right now. Trying to produce partial of the show here. I really can't talk tonight for some reason. Yeah, I don't even know what you just said. That that you just produced a partial sentence. That's what you did. <laughs> Somewhere. That's Peebo Bryson. Ain't that Peebo Bryson? I mean, that's fine. But who sings? Like, I think. And Peebo Bryson. And James oh, James Ingram. Gotcha. James Ingram. He had a long head with a, like a, a scraggly beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, see, that could have been your Jeff's joint. But now, I don't think you can play more than 30 seconds before they, they would cut us off. Oof. Yeah, we did. We did. But we might have gained some some fans. We might have gained some kids. When we talk about Five Goes West. They might be, man. They need to be. They need, like I can't even watch cartoons these days. Not because I don't watch cartoons because I'm old, but like I just don't feel like the animation these days um, is like what I want to see, man. Like it's like it's just over animated. Does that make sense? I think so. You think so? Okay. Brian's with me. Jeff is on the computer. Brian's with me. Jeff is uh, checking his Facebook. I don't know what he's doing. Anyways. Just from that, I've lost nine friends. You had nine friends? Ten. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Yeah. The other one's my wife. Oh. She's sticking around. We'll see how long. I thought you were going to say me. That's all right. Anyways. Got rid of me. Yui. Yui Lewis in the news. <laughs> That's a good 80s reference, huh? Yeah, right into Back to the Future. Right into Back to the Future. What other, is there, what Huey Lewis in a new song could you name right now? The one from Back to the Future. Which is? The one from Back to the Future. <laughs> power of Love. The Power, that's not even Back to the Future. That's not, that, so that's good, good. Hey, you know what? Good on you. Back to the Future. The Power of Love. That is not Back to the Future. Back to the Future and Huey Lewis time. was back in, is back in time? Going back in time. Back to the Future, I think. Or back in time. The I'm song. Sure that song's in one of those movies. The Power, the power of Love might have been in an 80s movie, but it's not Back to the Future. Possibility. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Molly Ringwald movie, maybe, but I don't think it's Back to the Future, man. So, Hefe. Was it Back to the Future? It's not telling me. It's not telling the me. Is what? <laughs> is what? You just keep saying the power of love, bro. Strong, <laughs> uh, back to the Future. 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 Back to
the future. Oh, very good. Hey, we got one. We got one here. We got one there. Jeff, all right, you'll get your one. You're due for one throughout this episode, man. So, Jeff, uh, in talking about uh, some potential topics for today, uh, you mentioned that uh, you wanted to discuss, like, how to, I, I don't know, you'll explain it better, but you want to talk about, like, thinking positive or how, I guess, if you're in a rut, like, you can pull yourself out. Like, you tell the people, man. Uh, so, just to clarify, Power of Love was in Back to the Future. And what else? But there was also a song called Back in Time that was in Back to the Future. Was that Huey Lewis in the News? Oh, Huey. 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 When you say who or whom, you don't say you or whom. Now say Huey. Huey. There you go. Huey. <laughs> oh boy. I'm about to turn this Huey right here. Mm-hmm. It was training and just a uh, little like jujitsu, like together collaboration with work. Okay. And it was very inspiring and eye-opening. And, okay. And uh, kind of recharged my batteries. Right, right, right. So with that, you know, I thought about you were short circuit. You were on short circuit. I thought. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna talk in all like I'm gonna try and talk in all '80s references. I'm gonna put the titles of eighty movies in my in my uh in my dialogue here. So I was thinking, you know, that it's been a while since I've been inspired at work. And it's, okay. you know when you're sitting there like that, God, I have Huey Lewis and the news albums up in front of my face now. Okay. Um you seem that you weren't interested at all. Not at all. You seem like you just want to move on. I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're on some tough turf. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do when you, let's say, are thinking negative thoughts or in a bad place or, uh, you know, kind of down? You know, mm. how do you mentally or physically or both find your positive space? Early 90s reference? What was that? Oh, gotcha. So we're doing 80s and 90s. Okay. I got it. We can do 80s and 90s. That's cool. Because I'm really struggling right now to get some 80s references in my head. That's what you sound like right now. <laughs> Let me tell you, hey, speaking of Delilah, I don't know if I've, I've told this story before. Uh, I used to work for a potato chip company, right? 
I was I was a warehouse manager, and I don't know if I can say that. Come on, we need free to lay money. The free to lay money. It was free to lay. I used to work for. So maybe I said this story before, so I won't even go there. What was I talking about again? <laughs> oh no, I was just I said Delilah, and we used to listen to Delilah when I used to work at the warehouse. That's all. <laughs> that's the end of it. That's it, man. Good story. I love Delilah though. Hey Delilah, if you're out there, listen to the podcast, and uh, you know, give us a call or something. Uh, you can call. We need some Delilah. I don't know. Yeah, that Delilah money. I bet Delilah got like. Delilah probably has like Ellen money. She's not quite Oprah money, but she probably has Ellen money. I don't know. How long has Delilah been around? Yeah, exactly. She's she's an enterprise, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also radio. Like Howard Stern was radio? Yeah, and he's the one in a million. One in a billion. That what? He's one in a billion that what? Like makes that kind of money in radio and had to even go to satellite radio make the money that he's making now yeah. and it's crossed over into TV and things like that to have his money and he's Delilah was on Sleepless in Seattle boom I got him again Howard Stern's not Ellen money dude you heard about Seattle no. uh, Ooh, that's Stern when he left terrestrial radio mm-hmm. uh, he was out of New York like E.T. Like You said terrestrial yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. Because you said it after I said New York. I was like, where? I should have said, was it extraterrestrial? <laughs> <laughs> um, but when he left, he went to Sirius. And he, like, pretty much bankrupted Sirius because his contract was $500 million. That sounds like Ellen Money to me. Yeah. He was probably messing around with Michael Douglas. (laughs) Boom! That's a Wall Street reference. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not super familiar with the deal that he got. I know that, like, after listening to him, Howard Stern's doing very well. I'm not saying like he's busted up, but I, yeah, I, I, well, what, what's his net worth versus Ellen's net worth? If you according to Howard Stern, those things are very inaccurate when you Google them, and he's worth way less than Google says, according to him. Oh, he doesn't want to seem that he's worth that much. That's possible too, right? Oh, and not only that, Howard. Because then that demands more in the marketplace for when he's doing stuff like now he's not doing America's Got Talent. Yeah, that's right. I was just gonna say he was doing America's Got Talent for a bit of time. Yeah. He's also his net worth. A lot of it comes from he's producing shows and doing a lot of other stuff. So I, I don't know. Delilah produced anything? I don't know, man. I, I, but I, I'd venture to say, like people could do it behind the scenes too. Just because Delilah's not out there, like you know, what I mean, in the public eye and everything, doesn't mean that people like myself aren't like Delilah is the stuff. You know what I mean? I bet De- Delilah probably has a couple of books out or something, man. You don't know. Ha <laughs> ha!
so um, back to the question uh, that you had, Jeff, about um, yep. trying to get to a positive place uh, when you're in a negative space or you just feel down and you feel like you're, you're in a funk. Um, you said that uh, you needed somebody to show you some moves. That's the last dragon reference. Show me some moves. <laughs> so you didn't finish your thought, though. You said, you know, I wasn't feeling so inspired, and now I feel rejuvenated. What was it that kind of made you feel rejuvenated? How did, when did it click in your brain that, or do you feel that it clicked, or did you just leave there all of a sudden, and you're like, oh, wow, I feel that much better? Delilah, did you look up Delilah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's Delilah's last name? I don't know, but if you punch in Delilah, <laughs> oh man, she's I, if she if Ellen is seventy-seven million, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Delilah is probably if the if Ellen is seventy-seven, I'm gonna say Delilah is um, thirty-two. Twenty-three. Ten. Delilah's son died. God, dog, brother. Wow. I feel like we need to call the Do you call Delilah? No. She has a calling option, right? Yeah. So it doesn't say what her net worth is, but it says that she gets fifteen million per year. Show is worth fifteen million per year. Show. Okay. That's including endorsements and everything that comes with all the ads and everything. Okay. So what you're saying is she's worth tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> Howard Stern. Yeah. So hey, I was. No, I got. I got one there. Howard Stern. Uh, I feel like maybe at the end of this year, um, that number would be different. Maybe that's out. Is that outdated? Is that 2017 facts, bro? 2015. You're not a great researcher. Oh! Oh, I was about to say, man. You couldn't, you couldn't make it in my world. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Okay. Here's what I need you to do now. I need you to snap out of it. I need you to get on board with this podcast, bro. I like fact checking. Well. So during that training, uh, I think it was just a reminder to me. This is your reminder. Why I do what I do. Do I do? Stevie Wonder. Um, it was a reminder to me and just kind of in front of my face, inspirational. Slapping you in the face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? When, you're, when things happen in your life, right? 
let's say bad things happen in your life, and you're going day after day after day after day, and it winds up that, I'm talking, sir, winds up that day after day, you know, you're in a rut, right? And nothing's changing. Things are happening, and, and this and that, and even think today. I'm tired, brother. I sound like a jackass talking on here. But always that red button. <laughs> winds up that you know when you're going that route, and all of a sudden something pops up in front of you and says, "You know what? This is why you do what you do," and and is filled with positivity and a new outlook and just a kick in the ass. That's what changed my point of view and, and kind of kicked me in the ass to say, okay, things are all right. Was there something specific that was the kick in the ass, though? Was it? It was some stories that were told. It was uh, a video that was played uh, that was pretty heart-wrenching, you know? Uh, I don't know if I should say what the video was, but um, but it was just you know it it tugged at my heartstrings and it just rejuvenated. Not that I ever lost the sight of what I do and where I work and everything else, but it was just a reminder. And, you know, I think it came at a time when uh, it was needed. So it was words that were spoken by the leaders of the organization. It was just confirmation, because I already know why I do what I do and who we do it for. And uh, for some reason, Jason is looking at laughing over there. Uh... So yeah. I just didn't see you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know that you were in the same place, yeah. Brian. So, what we what was your take on it? Um, I'm in a little bit. I was in a little bit different space. I've transitioned to a new position, and so I found new energy in that. Um, but it was definitely a very impactful day for me as well. And like you said, as a reminder, it kind of recharges the batteries. It's, it's definitely very easy to maybe get a little distant from things and a little numb, um, especially when you're doing some of the, the, uh, the less forward-facing things and doing the admin stuff. And uh, getting that reminder definitely helps recharge the batteries and as a reminder about you know why we do what we do um, and mixing it up and getting that opportunity and for me, what was really kind of energizing about that experience was like, I got to be around people in our organization that I'm normally not around and get to work with and collaborate with and talk and share ideas with. So for me, that was another awesome thing was to get these new different perspectives. As much as powerful as, like you said, the, uh, the speeches were, the video was, but for me, a lot of it where I draw a lot is being around the other people that are passionate that we, we do what we do with. And so for me, that was a that was really big, getting out of my normal bubble and expanding. Nice. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd love to hear Yeye's take on it. So while he grabs a, a cup of joe for himself, he is such a, a great host. He makes sure that our bellies are full and it's true. we have drinks that are lovely. Of all sorts. Bustello. Oh, ese Bustello es bueno. <laughs> so, you were laughing at us. No, no, no. Wasn't laughing. Wasn't laughing. I was just, uh, I was I was intrigued by uh, some of what y'all were saying, but also, um, you know, I wanted to understand the, the takeaways, right? Not necessarily from the content, right? Because obviously, when I think when you have uh, kind of this whole team building experience and whatever kind of company or organization that you're in, like the objective is to make sure that the employees leave there engaged and inspired and feel reconnected to whatever the mission and the vision is and whatnot. So I feel like that's uh, consistent when for those kinds of events at companies, right? But what I want to know is. Aside from whatever company you're in and what, like, what is it that made you realize that, like, I'm in a good place, things are great for me, um, aside from, like, because that's the objective, right? So I think you have to try and understand where you are and why you are feeling kind of that that negativity or if you're in a negative space, how did I get here? Like, why am I here now, right? Does it even have anything to do with, what happening, with what's happening right here? Like, if I leave this space, I feel good about work, but when I drive home and I get home, like, am I going to be energized when I get home and feel the same way that I do right now? So I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a bigger picture behind all of it than just going into that space for a couple of hours and saying, man, I feel great, right? So myself, I've been at my job Mm-hmm. Right, and there was something big that happened at work, and since that time, and when I say negative, not meaning that I walk around all day like a blah, this place sucks, mm-hmm. but more so, like since I've been there for so long and had relationships with some people, uh, that I miss some things. Mm-hmm. The way we were. It was more like, okay, yeah, things have changed, but the goal and mission of what we're doing is still the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that were was done at the event was, uh, what was it? The puzzle thing. You know, what's my piece in the puzzle? Right? What's my piece in the puzzle? Mm-hmm. But what I do helps my teammates help those that we serve. So what I hear you saying is that it helped you realize 
or reconnect to how you impact the bigger picture, right? So I think that's important. Um, I think it's great that you feel that way now. And I would also say that um, you said that, you know, people left the organization that you were working at, right? And I think that we, if there's one thing that's always constant is change, right? So regardless of people leaving, how can you continue to stay positive when you know that there's gonna be this constant change, right? So what are the things that can help you or anybody stay in that constant positive state of mind or what things will help you get back to that positive state of mind or anybody get back to that positive state of mind once they start to feel that they might be dipping back into that negative space? So the, the main thing that I'm realizing and that I've always known, but it kind of almost helped me you know, like when, when you see somebody and let's say they're rolling slow on a bicycle mm -hmm. and there's a big rock and the rock stops the bicycle mm -hmm. and they're stuck there. So yesterday was almost like the push almost that I needed to get over that hump and say what happened happened, get over it, you know. And it's been said before and it's, you know, like when... Working out, right? Somebody who's overweight knows what they need to do. They need to exercise and eat right, right? If somebody's a smoker, they need to quit smoking, right? If they, they want to do that. So people know what they have to do, right? Like I know that my job, at my job where I work, what we do is bigger than just one person, right? What we do in the mission isn't, stuff on people but what we do I guess what I'm trying to get at what do you own in that right so how much of that you you realize that there's a rock there there's an obstruction in your path and you have to figure out a way over it around it or through it whatever the case is you I hear you saying that you you see the rock the question is do I want to try and figure out a way to get over this rock or accept this as an obstruction and figure out a way to take it on? Or do I just sit back and stay on my bike and just, you know, look at my, look at my phone until something happens? Like what happens? Like you, and, and like even outside of work, right? Like people see this obstruction in front of them. How do they, how do they, Essentially, if that's the negative space, right, how do they conquer that? Brian, your thoughts? <laughs> Me personally or just in general? Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Um, it was your personal and then go to general. So, well, I don't know if I can speak, but um, just personally, <laughs> I was just trying to, get to qualify my statement. Um, now, nah, personally for me, um, and this might kind of bleed into a little bit of what 
what Jeff might be getting at. No, no, yeah, no, but in life, like, I've, uh, two years ago, I had an extremely large challenge in my life, um, and then uh, I've always considered myself a very independent person. I take things on, they're my problems and things like that, and I started um, just surrounding myself with people, a support network. Um, sometimes it was reconnecting to people, family that I had, I've been distant with, um, and sometimes it's recognizing that there is this obstacle in front of me. I don't either know how to get over it or am capable of getting over it myself and having kind of the humility to ask for other people's help and or being open to that opportunity. Um, and so that's definitely something I've learned the last couple of years that's that's helped me a lot. It's still something that I struggle with. I still kind of want to bury in myself and sort my problems out. But now that I've kind of built that network up, sometimes people recognize that I don't have to ask for the help and that's that's been really amazing for me. Um, as far as people at large, I, I mean, I think that's a, a good idea, but everyone's also got to find their own our own thing and so it sounds like maybe I don't want to like push it on you Jeff that that might have been part of what it was is that you were stuck on that rock and then other somebody else helped you through that right, right. so and it was not even directly where it was a one-on-one -on -one. it was just you know something that was a big thing just the words that were uttered and, and everything that I saw No, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I think what's weird about it is that, you know, I, I'm familiar with the event that you're talking about, and that happened quite a bit of time ago, right? So in my mind, when I say, when I hear you say that, you know, you got, uh, reignited, if that's a word, um, to, to uh, all of the, those things that made you feel good about you being in this place. Um, that was quite a bit of time, right? That passed. Yeah, it's been a long time, which, if I'm hearing you right, means that you would have been in this negative space for a long time, yep. right? Yep. So, but smiling on the outside. But smiling on the inside. So, Smiling on the outside. Did I say smiling? I said smiling on the inside. Okay, that's all right. Uh, garbage pail kids. I just threw that in there. Bam, another one. Trash can babies. So you're smiling on the outside. On the inside, uh, you're just not there. Tore up, right? So you, and you realize that. So that entire time, what was that conversation like with yourself? Like what kind of dialogue is happening while on the inside and on the outside you're trying to portray this, uh, this other kind of personality and give folks this other kind of experience uh, with you. But on the inside, you're like, man, like, I, like the inside of you is just not there. When this event happened, 
you know, where I work isn't just like a regular job. It was always like we're all family. So when something like that happens and people are gone, it hurts, you know? level of the event that happened was so outrageous because it was full of lies and you know I don't want to go into that but I'm just saying the whole thing hurt mm -hmm. the reason why it happened people leaving stuff changing you know we're, we're family so I'm known to be a happy guy and you know when when you're walking around and you're hurting inside you're not always gonna be like I need help mm -hmm. right a lot of times my whole life I've just shoved stuff down and held it in and that's what I'm used to and I almost feel like I don't want to be a burden somebody else by sitting there saying yeah I'm hurting right now like help me or talk to me or, or I need to get this stuff off my chest like I just shoved it down and with that and like you said it, it was a long time but so what happened yesterday almost felt like a piece of what was said just everything about it just gave me a piece of yesteryear or you know mm -hmm. just like the wonder years <laughs> BAM <laughs> <laughs> what was the theme song what would you do yes I was going to say that but I had to think of so I have a question then Jeff and I don't know if this is getting at what you were getting at a little bit Jason is that or it's, or it's a long respond or say how you feel it's it's a long time, right? Like yeah. we, we've established that and like I'm I'm kind of the same boat. I, I react to things the same way you do, like bury stuff down, but like like what's your takeaway? How do you avoid that next time? Like what what is it that just from like my own personal cause I have a tendency to do the same thing, bury stuff down, wait, wait, wait. Um like is there a takeaway from this? How can you either seek out ability to get over the rock or how do, can you is there anything or is it one of those things you just it just happens when it happens. It's tough, bro, because, like I said, my whole life, I've just shoved it down. And I work out a lot of stuff internally with myself. Like, like this, <laughs> this whole time, all this stuff was going on, like I said, I didn't and don't You, you, I think you might have said it more than just this instance. So, I mean, honestly, yes. Would I tell my friends to be open and talk to people and, and get 
chest and, and it hurts even more if you hold it down and don't talk to anybody. Yes, but, and I'm a great person for my friends to talk to and bounce stuff off of, but a lot of times I don't practice what I preach. So what do you think that it is then? Right, because if we're, we're talking about getting out of a negative space, right? So what, so what do you think that it is? Just like not even having to do with that. What, what, what do you think that it is? If you could see the big, if you take a step back and you're looking from outside, like if you're looking from outside of the arena, right? What is that? Just like, oh, like that's what it is, man. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just connecting with others or it's just, um, you know what I mean? Uh, diving into good material or it's just, uh, or it really is just like uh, having a conversation with one person. Like, what do you think that it is that, now, when Jeff sees an obstruction in his way, he can take that tool and go and say, I'm going to do this when I see the next obstruction. And look, look I'm not trying, I understand you're like, I feel like you're divulging a lot, but I feel like we're just like having this dialogue. But like, I mean, I'll tell it too, you know what I'm saying? Like, I same way, like Brian said, like I shove stuff down. So I'm just asking the question because like, yeah, like there's genuine interest because like it's something I, I still am seeking help with. So, I mean, it was almost like a miracle <laughs> <laughs> on ice. He just spit his coffee out. Um, we had an episode a long time ago about how people put up defenses. Walls and their armor. And do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So. You remember? You remember? Uh, Chester Copperpot. Just a reminder. Um, so I think, so in that, we were talking about, and you were saying, we were both saying, like, one good thing is to have somebody to trust, right? Yeah. And, and in that, we were saying yeah, that, that it was. <laughs> and it was talking about how, you know, it's hard when you have these things building up inside of you that you don't know where to turn. And it was, one thing that I had said was, you know, so many people say with all their friends, oh, I'm there for you, I'm there for you, I'm there for you, I'm there for you. If you just have that one person that you trust, that you can confide in, and that you can go to and feel comfortable with to tell them these things. Mm. You know, it, it's easy for to say so many things, and especially when so many of the people that you're friends with or family, they're all like, you can come to us anytime, this and that. Again, I feel like I don't want to be a burden on somebody. Mm. But if you have just one person that you and trust is a major thing, mm -hmm. right? Because you want to know that if you go to somebody to get stuff off your chest, that it stays with you too. That that's huge. Yeah. So. Man, no, we won't because this is what's going straight up. <laughs> no, I appreciate you sharing that as always, man. You know, and. Uh, 
And there's a million things to say, right? We've all read books. We've all listened to so many smart people. And you could say a million and one things on how to do something. But I think it truly comes within yourself, and it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I might go with that one-person technique. Somebody else might do something else and say, I'm going to make a mental note that when I get into this situation, I'm going to remember to be positive. Things do change, but there's still good things, and, and you know, to, to do look at things differently, you know, have a positive outlook on stuff. Or there might be a different way to, to deal with it. And I think in that case, it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we mentioned it before as well, as you allude to, probably in that particular episode, like, depending on the glasses that you're wearing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, we don't always have our rose-colored glasses on, but sometimes we have to take a step out of our own shoes into somebody else's and try and look at it from their perspective, you know? So, in those instances, like we talked about, there's a long period of time there. Like, at any point, did you say, man, let me try and look at this from somebody else. Let me let, try and look at this from that perspective. Let me try and seek out the positive intent behind this. Um, because even if this didn't happen this way, at some point, maybe some of these people would have left anyway. Like, these people aren't going to be around forever, right? Like, I may not be here tomorrow. Like, my job may not, this, 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 and that may not be here tomorrow. So it's like... Uh, how can we look at things with positive intent? Um, obviously, if something, if something or somebody's being egregious, like that's totally, that's a totally different uh, instance. But I think trying to think, look at things, and I've tried to do that over the past couple of years, is trying to have that perspective uh, from the other point of view, from the other side. Uh, like I said, obviously, if stuff is not egregious and, and just straight out blatant, but I don't think that things are always, and obviously, we don't know how stuff is going to impact us either, you know, um, but trying to understand the other side of it, I think is helpful and maybe could have minimized some of that time that you spent in that negative space or anybody, right? It might minimize some of that time that you'll Spending that negative space if you just sit down and try and really think about it from the other side and try and put that positive spin on it. It's like the person that uh, cuts us off in traffic, right? And we're like, oh, man, we, like, I got a joke about, you know, finger, finger shooting somebody, right, um, in traffic. But we don't know what's going on with that, that individual, right? They could be trying to get somewhere, so there could be an emergency going on, like, and that's the kind of positive spin that might help alleviate some of those negative thoughts that we'll have if we try and think about it from that perspective as opposed to, this asshole just cut me off in traffic. Man, I got somewhere to be. Well, that, them cutting you off in traffic, might, like, that might be legit for them, right. you know? So angry, this person was riding up my butt, and then 
came up beside me and gave me the finger, so I gave him the finger back, and, and then they cut me off, and all this stuff was speeding away. So I said, okay, you know, you have to think that, just like you said, you don't know what they're going through. You know, what if they got a call saying that their husband or wife got into a car accident and they're on their way to the hospital or, or whatever it may be. So perspective. Uh, definitely trying to be empathetic, like right. imagining what the other person might be going through. It's definitely difficult at times, but... I think you're right, Jason. I think that's a good way to kind of, or imagine a time when you did something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there have been times where I cut somebody off or did something stupid that I know probably pissed somebody else off and just remember that you've been in those circumstances yourself. You're like, have you ever seen Adventures in Babysitting? You gotta be wiser. You gotta be tough. You gotta be strong. You gotta stick together. How long ago? What was that Jeff doing on? Oh wow. Oh man. You know. So I I think with that positive intent thing, right? When you look at it, like from a cultural perspective, when we talk about companies, organizations, or whatever. Like, if we try to put ourselves in the shoes of the leaders of whatever company or organization to understand why those decisions might be having to be made or whatever and um, trying to see it with like positive intent like why is why is this happening as opposed to what was me you know maybe that can help diminish some of that negative space as well speak on it <laughs> Well, no, I mean, like, it's the other thing that I, like, that I keep thinking about, too, is sometimes there's, as much as there's that situation, right? So whether it's the work thing or, like, the stuff your daughter's going through, I mean, sometimes it can't always be, you got to reach out and find something else besides that specific situation, right? Like, you've got to draw on your strength, like you said, Jeff, but sometimes it's got to come from somewhere else, right? Like, it's very difficult to always find the positive in a situation, for example, you know, your daughter's friend taking it, like, it's very difficult to find a positive in that situation. So you've also got to find ways to draw from elsewhere, um, especially because it's easy in hindsight. <laughs> like, it, it's easy for us right now in hindsight talking about an organization and saying, oh, looking at that. But in that moment, sometimes you've got to draw on something else. And so I think 
one of the things we were talking about earlier is like, what else do you draw on when you can't remove yourself from that situation? Maybe when it's too intense or it's too um, difficult to maybe be empathetic with the situation or the other people that's going on uh, when it's a larger scale situation. So like, what else do we draw on? Well, so it's funny. So, you know, any situation like that, I would hope. So what I did for my daughter, right? My daughter's not one to hug or, or anything like that. So as her dad, and unfortunately, knowing what that situation's like sometimes you just need to have somebody hold you you know and just shut up and not say anything you know and just to know especially that she's 16 years old going through something like that at 16 is devastating you know so you know you hope that people that you're friends with or family if you're in a situation whatever it may be that hopefully they would know they would see it or recognize it and hopefully respond or react in the way that you need somebody to react and and it's not easy a lot of people don't see it you know a lot of people don't see it which is but, which i think speaks to this particular situation right not I mean, just in what we're what we're talking about, right? Like some people don't see it. Right. Some people won't pay attention because you're putting on that that facade, if you will, right? That everything's cool. Right. So how is how can we expect somebody to see that if we're not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, or if we're if we're actively driving it down and not letting, not even speaking on anything. If we're not seeking out those opportunities to talk about it, then we can't expect those others to be mind readers or or see what's on our heart. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why trying to find those things that we can connect to that help minimize, diminish, or pull us out of that neg- those negative spaces are important. And so that's why I'm I'm trying to get to whatever it was that you connected to. Then. You need to hold on to that, and the next time you start to feel that you're getting into a negative space, you need to connect to that again. You know, it's like those click moments or whatever, right? Like going back to those things and saying, "Oh man, I remember that." Okay, that's how. That's a moment that I was feeling great. What was I doing in that moment? And connect to that, and it'll start to make you feel good. And then you say, "Okay, let me take a little bit of that and insert it to what's happening right now," and then maybe 
I can start, I can minimize this amount of time that I'm going to be in this negative space. So real quick then. Real quick, no, take the time. Man. No, no, no. Reach. So when you're in that space, what's something you do that might be a small little thing that snaps you up? What's something that I do? I go work out with you. <laughs> uh, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, when I get into a, a negative space, uh, I say, hey, Michelle. Um, nah, man, like, truth be told, right, I've probably been in that space. Not probably. Like, I've been in that space for, like, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Because... I have a 17-year-old daughter now, and I was with her for the first two years of her life, you know? So then uh, she moved to, she didn't move, like, she was two years old, but her mom moved to, yeah, I'm out of here, Dad. You ain't heating up this food properly. I'm gone. Cut my hot dog next time. Um, No, but, like, you know, she was in Chicago with her mom. I've been in Florida. And so, and that's been 15 years now. You know, she's 17 years now. So for me, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before. I think to you on the podcast. But uh, it's like when somebody says, how's your daughter doing? Like, man, that shit tears me up. You know what I'm saying? Because I know how she's doing from the last phone call that I had with her a week ago. Or two weeks ago, I know how she's doing from when she visited over the summer or during the holidays, you know. But day to day, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck she's going through. So, like for me, like I, I feel like I've had to put that up for 15 years strong. So, you know, trying to connect to... uh and minimize and diminish the negative space that's in between uh, my happiest moments with her, you know, and then when she's not around, it's uh, it's not easy, man. So I, I, I you know, it's not easy at all. Um, but and it's not that I try to find things to distract me from it because it's always there. You know, I'm always thinking about it. But it's what are happy moments for me, like, day to day, you know? Like, a text with my sister about a movie that's coming out, you know what I mean? Uh, A good workout with somebody, you know? Recording a a good workout with Brian Hyam at at 6 in the morning or 6 in the evening, you know? Or 5 in the morning. Or long run with Brian at four in the morning, you know, or podcast episode or looking forward to when our next podcast goes out. And when somebody says, man, that was a great episode or a comedy show, you know, like those are just the in-between moments. So it's those things like day to day that I feel uh, help to minimize like that negative space, you know. And so I feel like if you could find something daily, right? So in your instance, 
or that scenario that you talked about of anybody that had that, has that long of a period of time before they feel connected to a, po- a positive experience in a certain environment that they're in, like daily, you should find one thing that encourages you, inspires you, reminds you of that happy moment that you had before, you know? Looking at an old picture and saying, man, instead of looking at it and saying, dang, I can't believe that it's been this long since I've had a picture with my daughter. Instead of saying that, saying, I remember this moment. I remember exactly what she was doing. I remember exactly what we're talking about. And damn, that was a good ass time. Like, that's how I have had to flip it for the past 15 years, you know? So, it's a daily ritual. It's a daily ritual. Reading a couple of pages out of a a, a good book, you know? Like, it's it's a daily, and it's been, and honestly, like, it's been a lot tougher lately knowing that She's going to be an adult. She's going to graduate high school and have the opportunity to live on her own, do her own things. Will she? I don't know. She'll probably stick around her parent in her mom's house like, you know, every other Puerto Rican for the past billion, however many years. You know what I'm saying? But in either case, then she then it's her decision whether she wants to, like, you know what I'm saying, maintain those connections and have that, you know, continued relationship with me or whatnot not saying that we have a bad relationship but like she may become even more distant because she's out there in the world doing her thing and god bless her like i pray that she goes out and does all the best things in the world and if she's super busy and productive and i don't hear from her in a long ass time then awesome i know she's doing super and productive things so i don't know what you what do you what do you do brian besides from working out with me I wasn't even joking. Like working out with you is like one of the most motivating things that gets me going uh, every day, especially when we work out in the mornings, man. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, when I went through a difficult life change a couple of years ago, it was surrounding myself with people that have a positive impact on me who, you know, um, so whether that's going and catching a movie, um, grabbing drinks at happy hour, uh, doesn't matter. Just being around other people, that I choose to be around and who choose to be around me and are, is in some form of obligation uh, has been really big. So like I said, working out with these highlights and one of my, you know, easily highlights of my day. Um, shit, man. Uh, respecting the time I have with myself, you know, when I am by myself doing productive things, whether that's reading a book, like you said, um, going for a run by myself, listening to music, putting on an album I haven't heard in 10 years um, and, you know, dipping into some nostalgia. Uh, it really, it really varies, but uh, the big change for me, I would say, has been these past two years is identifying people that I want to choose to spend my time with who have a positive impact on me. And sometimes that's family, sometimes it's friends. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been a big thing. So. Well, I, unlike you, sir, 
I uh, am pulling up my um, Beast Mode moment. I was looking up how much Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. I, as uh, There was a, a post that just showed something about like the top earning comedians right now, and Ellen was at the top. Like top top earning comedians that have a, a talk show or something of that sort. It was like her and Steve Harvey, then like Jimmy Fallon, and then like Jimmy Kimmel and somebody else. I don't know. <sighs> so, so what was your favorite 80s movie, Jeff? So, talking about going back in time. I'm going back in time. <laughs> Who, Lewis? Huey. Oh man. Here you go, time stamping the podcast. Yeah, but it's relevant to the it's very relevant to the eighties references okay. that we've been bringing up. Extremely. Holy yeah. this show. Great show. So extremely well thought out. I guess that's probably all I'll say about it because I don't want to be a dick and throw out any spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. You, yeah. uh, what makes it such a great show? What makes it a great show is me being 45 years old. I'm going to be 46. I was, I grew up in the 70s and early 80s. And when the first season takes off, it takes place in the 80s. Really? I didn't even, I started watching the first season, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts off and the kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons, which was big back then. And I played Dungeons and Dragons, which was freaking awesome. Uh, and just all the references and the soundtracks and just... Yeah, I think that that's one of the really cool things about the show is not only does it have these, like, 80s references, like, there's this feel to it that you're watching an 80s movie or show, right? Like, some of the... I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, like, the type of humor that's in it. It's not like they're doing current-day humor or situations or horror in, by our standards. It's, like, the way it was in those 80s movies... Um, the way the characters are reacting and stuff like that. And it's not in a cheesy way. It's, it's well done and it's, I don't know, it's just a, it's a really entertaining show, I think, where they, they, they thought out every moment and made sure that like, it clicked with people. Yeah, the writing is unbelievable and the kids in the show are just phenomenal and even more so, I think, in the second season. Yeah, I mean, the, the characters are interesting too, right? Like... Uh, I don't want to give anything away. Oh, it's season one, like the the sheriff, right? Like you, right. you watch him in the I first couple. Seen season one. All right. Well, you're behind the curve. Well, but like, it's one of those where like maybe at first you're like, oh, this guy's kind of a dirtbag. Like I don't like this guy. But then by the end of the the season, you potentially your opinion of him has changed, and that's really cool when shows are able to make you characters are dynamic. They're not static. They don't just sit there and stay the same. Oh, I don't like this guy. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Like. They're complex and they change and you realize and you learn more about them. And you're like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. You know, before you know it, you don't even know where that transition took place. And so I think that's a, a cool thing to happen. Yeah. Um, but. So three, let Brian start. Favorite 80s movie. Man, that's really hard. Or anything that Val Kilmer was in. Ooh, gosh. <laughs> um, it's hard because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I feel like I can't, I mean, 
that's not fair ground, but uh, a movie that I'll always watch when it's on. And in fact, I have a lot of memory, like well into the 2000s, like my brothers and I, we'd be like hanging out barbecuing, we'd have nothing else to do, and we'd pop in Weird Science. Like always laugh. I'll still call my brothers and talk to them, and somehow um, they'll start doing an impression of Chet. Yep. Nice. Dude, my, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but my brother, I got a weird relationship, but uh, I was in high school, and he came in to wake me up one morning, and he had just bought a gun, and he was doing what Chet did, which is like putting on his nose and like waking him up, right. scared the shit out of me, mm-hmm. and, uh, but yeah, it was, it was very funny. We laugh about it now. Traumatizing at the time, but funny now. Man, this is tough, man. Uh, 80s movie. Well, I got to tell you, uh, I grew up a blockbuster kid, so my dad was always renting movies. And I lived in Japan for three years, so my dad had all these laser discs. Um, I think we mentioned this before, like Three Stooges and stuff like that. But... um, Man, Tough Turf. This is, I, I told you guys about this earlier. This is a movie called Tough Turf with... I'm telling you, everybody that listens to this. All right, and we also said this. like Those 80, 80s movies were great, but if you watch them now, you might be like, damn, this is, this is an after-school special. This is terrible. Um, Tough Turf was a movie with James Spader, Robert Downey Jr., and it was the typical 80s, new kid in town kind of, oh, here's one heavenly kid. The heavenly kid was, you guys looking at me crazy like you don't know what the heavenly kid is. Oh, my God. And here's one, just one of the guys. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, that one, just one of the guys. Have you not heard that one, Jeff? Just one of the guys. So, I mean, just one of the guys I watched a lot, probably because there's the one part at the end where she makes the reveal and. Uh, like shows the boobs and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So as a kid, I was like, oh, this is the best part. Um, but just one of the guys was one. Mannequin. Mannequin was one. Yo, yo, these were ones that I like. I vividly remember the scenes, watching them. Um, oh, there was just another one that's on the tip of my tongue. I, I, I think I said Adventures of Babysitting. Um, Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, the movie, the movie was, these are, dude, I'm telling you, we, oh, we used to watch these movies, all, these are movies that we always had on repeat. I'm like seven or eight years old. These are movies. such a gaping difference between our childhood. Pause. They're, they're, listen, what do you mean? It wasn't a favorite. I, I, here's the as thing. Kid, like, yeah, it wasn't as a, as a kid. It wasn't. Exactly I didn't. That. I couldn't understand the concept of trading places as a kid, bro. Like, come on, man. I could understand the concept of garbage pail kids as a kid. <laughs> what about now? What about now? Looking back on '80s oh, movies. That's a different. That's a completely. Now, nah, yeah. Now you're talking about like, like yeah. Now you talk about like. I would probably throw like something like trading places in there. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, the Three Amigos. Three Amigos, 
it's then and now. See, back in the day, I was a big Steven. Weekend at Bernie's. What was the movie? What's the, what's the dude that's in, uh, is it CSI? Not CSI. Is it CSI? Mark Harmon. Summer School. What? Oh, oh, oh man. Brother man. Come on now. That was the jam. And that one, like, that one was like, yeah. The, uh, but Summer School was like, as I was getting a little bit older, like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe like 10, 11, 12. And I, I used to watch that one religiously. Business movie called Band of the Hand. About like that, they bring all of these like different criminals together, and like that was another one. Man, come on, man. Listen, brother, when I say we used to watch movies religiously, I don't know if I told you the story. My parents were like members of Columbia House, and so when I went to the Marine Corps, I like became a member underneath my mom's name, and so I used to get movies. And I used to rent them out of my wall locker in the Marine Corps to the Marines in the barracks, man. I was like my own little blockbuster. Nice. Or but my, uh, just uh, somebody selling bootlegs, you know? That's more like one of those cult classics. But, dude, Summer School was one of those movies when we were talking about where, like, I was watching it with somebody. And I was like, you got to watch this movie. Oh, my God, this movie's amazing. And it just didn't really hold up. And I'm like cowering in the corner of the couch as they're like looking at me. Like basically like I'm the biggest idiot in the world. Because I'm like, no, we got to sit down. You got to pay attention. Because this movie has very vivid memories of me in my, for my, during my childhood. And then they just look at me like, yeah, didn't quite hold up. I can't believe that I got no love for Gremlins. Gremlins is great. But it's a cult classic that's like still relevant in like, you know, people talk about it and make jokes. Yeah. Comedy Central, I promise. Really? If this holiday season, Gremlins doesn't come on, I will give you 25 bucks. So what about a Christmas story? Well, Well, that airs 24 hours at a time. But I'm saying, so just because they still play them means that they're shit? No, I think the difference is, like, part of the fun about the 80s movies is the the excitement when Jason said a movie. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Like, I haven't seen that movie in six years. Like, Gremlins has been on, or I've seen some sort of pop culture reference to it. So it's like that. So it's more obscure. I don't know if it's obscure, but it's... It's not even obscure, bro. Yes. Like, you can't be, like... You Like, there's just... Like, you want to try and... Not it's not so it's not obscure, but it's just like it's nostalgic, man. It's like when you ask me, like, how's Gremlins not nostalgic? Because it's on every year. That's not nostalgia. So when you ask me what my favorite eighties movies, I said like Star Wars doesn't count because beaches. Eighties movies. movies are those movies that like like we're talking about where some people have seen this. Moscow on the Hudson. Like, White Knights. All those are all in a kind of a different category of like stuff that like they're like real legit movies that were popular like eighties movies. When you tell someone eighties movies, I think a lot of times they go to like those obscure ones. Maybe obscure is the right word then. If there are these mainstream like kind of award winning movies that got a lot of attention. I said obscure. You told me. 
Because I think that's the thing. Like those are those are popular movies that everyone likes, and they're they're good movies. And I think that's an '80s movie. When someone says like, "Oh, that '80s movie," it's usually kind of a bad movie. So I, like, I got maybe one that I would throw kind of into that bucket of that's not so obscure would be like Labyrinth, right? Like Labyrinth was the jam. Yeah, and like it's it's not as like they don't play it as much as but. So now I got what you're saying. Funny thing to me is that I just put in the Google cheesy '80s movies. Okay, maybe cheesy is the word we're looking for, not obscure. Okay, so no looking, but this, earlier, this Brian. Oh no, I guarantee you, I know what movies at the top of that list. Because you peaked. No, I, I say, know say it. Say it say it's say Masters it. of the Universe, man. It's got to be. You peaked. No, I swear to God, you I didn't peak. I swear to no, no. I made Masters a. I made. I made a. I made a Facebook post about it because it had been like thirty years. Yeah. I saw it and like everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, what so is, what, be, are, how many? Are, how many is on there? There's, there's a few. Are there more than ten? So. Don't tell us. Ten. There, there are ten. Let's see if we can Ooh. get at least three that are on the list. I mean, or I could go to one hundred eighties movies that are cheesy. Nah, I like the top ten thing. Like this puts a little bit of pressure on. All right, I, I got the first one. Got it. All right. All right. That's weird. I got the first one, Jason. It's on you. <laughs> cheesy. Okay, so cheesy, cheesy '80s movies. Are most of them like action movies? Because that's kind of when you say cheesy, it's usually action oriented. Yes. Okay. Oh wow, that makes it tougher. There's a couple of horror. Okay. Okay. If there's a couple of horror, then I would say. So we gotta deliberate on this, right? Because we can't just be throwing out. Uh, well, he's, you said horror and action movies from the 80s? Yeah, like Conan and the Barbarian like, comes to mind. But I don't know if that's 80s. I don't know if that would be like cheesy, like top 10. Been, like, late 70s. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't know. I've just seen a yeah. scene where James Earl oh, yeah. turns into a snake. Yeah, turns into a snake. Oh. Like, it's pretty cheesy. like Clash of the Titans? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's a good question. Cheesy. I think Clash of the Titans came out in '78, though. I think Clash of the Titans was in the '70s. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I'm, I'm probably wrong, actually. Man, cheesy. 80s. I'm very. Were they cheesy then and now, or do? It doesn't not get cheesy. Like, if it's cheesy, then it's still cheesy, man. Oh, were you watching it back then and being, like... Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were insinuating that it got less cheesy as time went on. I think that there's got more one cheesy. Here. Like, cheesy then and now, it's like... Ooh, I, I think that there's definitely one here. Oh, shit. Uh, the, the movie we were talking about earlier, maybe Critters? No, I think that's early 90s. Uh, okay. Oh, Critters? Yeah, Critters. Tremors is not cheesy. That's a real thing. I think that there's one here that, to me, got less cheesy as time went on. Oh, wow. Less cheesy. I don't think that's possible. I'm, gonna, I'm really curious now. So ten movies, you've gotten one. Give us one. One guess. Give us one. I, I knew yeah, by your no, reaction the way you looked at me exactly. Know. I didn't see it, but I knew by your reaction. Give us one that you know that we won't get so that we can have some kind of barometer. Ah, uh, that's a good... I don't even know the... This movie, but the Ice Pirates. <laughs> Come on, man! Like, I'm going nowhere. You're I just gave you one. You asked for it, and I gave you. One. I gave you no help. Have like when we were naming off movies earlier, were some of them on this list? Nope. 
Oh shit, that's a challenge then. I'll give you another one because you won't get this. I, it was a horror movie, I think, called Bad Taste. Come on, man. You might have to have been listening to Hunter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are two that I'm giving you, and I know that you should definitely know. So three are out, seven left. And we should know how many. I would say definitely five or six out of the seven. Whoa. That's... Like, that sounds like a challenge, man. Um, one of them has to be a Sylvester Stallone action. If you're talking about action from like the 80s. Cobra. Like Cobra. Cobra was good. Sorry. Oh, oh, he said we didn't bring it up. I didn't say over the top, but that might be 90s. This is a lot harder without cell phone. Said that we can know. This is a lot harder without cell phone. <laughs> So out of this, you have one, two, three, four, five action, and two horror left. Two horror? Yep. Cheesy horror movies? We have Masters of the Universe out of the way, Bad Taste out of the way, (laughs) and the Ice Pirates out of the way. Is like Attack from the Killer Clowns from Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Dude, that's... I'm, I would be on board with that guess because that movie's it. All right, Terrible. so we're we're going with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Ah, oh, damn. No, man, that was a really Okay, good. so give us one of the horror ones then since we got it wrong. How am I? Because we guessed in the category of horror and we got it wrong, so give us the we're answer for this one. game up as we go, yeah. all right? I don't know which one you would know. You just told us we would know the rest <laughs> yeah. of the movies on the list. I said You said six. You said we know six of the movies. Uh, I'll take away the gate. Oh, the gate! With uh, your boy. Uh, not Christian Slater, the other cat. Uh, oh, man. We used to watch that movie all the time. Dorf. Steven Dorf. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. The gate. <laughs> oh, man. That was so cheesy. Hmm. Well, let's try I just it. Sworn Killer Clowns from Outer Space would have been on there. Like that was a solid guess. You know what was one of my favorites as a kid? Total Cheese Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, oh my gosh! They made a cartoon after that for a it, What about the what about the Blob? The Blob came out in, like the '60s. There was a remake though. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't think that would land on like '80s cheesy because it's yeah. like a. I like how much thought we're putting in this. Like, about what is done. Think about what is left. What about when they made, well, as a TV show, did they make like a Hulk movie? Because I know the TV show was around and they were making movies too. Oh, no. no? Do any of these movies have like A-list actors in them? Even A-list actors now. A-list then or now? Even then. So like like you said, when it's like, there's got to be a Stallone on this. But if there's not like a Stallone... Like, we need to get in the right frame of mind. I will say A-list then. Robert Downey Jr., then he went D-list, then came back. Well, you had a Patrick, the D-list is Raven Anderson now, was big back then. Patrick Dempsey. 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 And he was in 
Oh, yeah, I remember that. Real. Uh, it's back there with like charge machines. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, This is a podcast, remember? Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, Man, give us, give us, give us, give us an action one that we might not know. No. Okay, Hudson Hawk. Oh. Dude, I love that one. Okay, well, that's one of our guesses. No. So what is one? I'm not giving you one. You don't have to. This yeah, is a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a podcast. We're running yeah, out of time so here, apparently. I don't know if I should give you this one or... Uh, action you want? Because it'll get us yes, thinking on the right yes, path. Yes. Flash Gordon. Uh... uh Flash Gordon was freaking awesome. There's a lot of sci-fi on there, isn't there? Like He-Man, Flash Gordon, like... Mm, no. Oh, shit. Okay, give what? the people what they want. Tell Do you me. Yeah, yeah, Flash Gordon approaches. Give the people what they want. Second horror movie. Sleepaway Camp. Oh, okay. Cheesy? That's what it says. Oh, uh, no. See, this is... Big Trouble. In Little China. Oh! That's not cheesy at all, bro. Oh, that's extremely cheesy. <laughs> like, that is... That. But it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So now you see where they're going? I'll give you another one that Brian said. We asked if we brought up the... We said them already, and you said no. no. You did. I said, hey, we did we bring up these movies earlier? And you're like, nope. No. You Some, said it on mic, and you didn't guess it. Over the school? top. Oh! oh I could have sworn that was in the 90s, man. Oh, my God. 1987. Man. We even said so much. Fuck, man. Yeah. God uh, damn it, man. We're better at this than we thought. We got one left, and I'm not saying a goddamn one. It's not Karate Kid. It can't be Karate Kid. Well, Top Gun's on there. Karate Kid no. should be on there, man. Discussed this movie on the podcast before. Oh wow, we've discussed this movie on the podcast before. Oh. If I give you this hint, it might give it away. Okay. Well, we're on a podcast, so let's. This is, to me, one of the best, if not cheesy, but best alley fight scenes ever. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No. <laughs> the Warriors is it? No. Is it in the seventies? Oh. The best alley fight scene. And we've discussed it on a podcast before. Terminator? Not yet. Give me a few more seconds. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> Alley fight scene. So I hope that everybody's enjoying this. We're reliving our youth a little bit. See, now I can just can't get Big Trouble in China quotes out of my head. I can't get that Alley scene out of my head. Yeah. Alley scene, sunglasses. I love the Golden Child, too. That was, was it the Golden Child? Oh man, I gotta give up, bro. When I was younger and the freaking curtain came down, the snake woman. 
I gotta give up then. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, the uh, when he's a like a zombie killer or something. What is it? He's a. Uh, I'm just chewing bubble gum and kicking yeah, ass. Yeah. And the name of the movie is. They live. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The top ten cheesiest movies brought to you by Jeff Bryan and Yay Yay, but through via Google. Well, there was a couple on there. Big Trouble in Little China, on point. Like yes. that's the epitome of the the cheesy eighties movies. Yeah. It's a classic, but that's exactly when we say eighties movies. That's, that's what I think of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Top Gun's not cheesy, man. That's like Top Gun's one of those movies. It's dated when you watch it, but it's yeah. Like I said, that's one of those movies. Like you tell somebody you haven't seen it in like fifteen years, you're like, oh, we gotta watch this. This is a great movie. Just wait, and you try and explain it to him, and it's like, no, it's about a truck driver. Like, oh yeah, but he's a arm wrestler. Like, why would I watch it? Well, he's trying to get custody of his kid, and he turns his hat around, and you're like, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those cult classics. Like, that's in there with, like, Labyrinth to me. Like, it has a following, and it's... Risky Business. Okay, that's on Hulu, right? Yep, yeah. Footloose, The Outsider. Those aren't cheesy, though. Police Academy. Oh, these are just these movies? Like you said, All the Police Academies could have been in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I but they're, like, spoofs. I mean, it's... Oh, here we go. Toxic Avenger. Oh. oh. Thing. St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, what about The Rape? Ooh, that could have been easy or cheesy. Easily, easy or cheesy. Cobra. Yeah. All right, Hefe. That could have been. That could have been right there. That's when they're supposed to remake as well. That could have been right there. That could have been there as well. My demon lover. I remember that one. The dude with the curly hair. Dude, oh my gosh, yeah. Scott Valentine. Yes, yes. My yes. Oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. Monstrously funny romance. I remember this. Oh man, that's crazy. All right, Hefe. Well, that was enjoyable. That was definitely enjoyable, man. I, I, I believe that it's time. I hope people still do that. Uh, man, I, I hope so. That was entertaining for us. It did. It did. Uh, we talked about connecting to those things that make you have the, the happy moments, right? I feel like there were a lot of those in there. That's a piece of it, too, right? Going back to your youth and thinking about the good times. Yeah. Nostalgia. Yeah. Have faith. Yay, yay. I believe that it is that time, my brother. For the Beast Mode Moment. All right, so this uh, Beast Mode moment comes to you courtesy of Team Grasshopper. Indeed. So, uh, I've, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is is 
relevant uh, a little. Um, today's beast mode moment is I got it. The phrase equals an increased amount of pressure. I got you. The phrase equals an increased amount of expectations. It's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to say that I can't right now. So what that means to me is not putting so much pressure on yourself. Because then you can bring on added stress and anxiety. That takes up a lot of space in your mind and that weighs on you. If you make your best effort to be forthright and considerate with others as well, then they will or should appreciate you for it. So I got you equals an increased amount of expectations when you say that to somebody. And I got it equals an increased amount of pressure on yourself. And that is today's beast mode moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the point in the show where Jeff takes everything that he's absorbed throughout this entire podcast and wraps it up and ties it up with a pretty beautiful bow known as Jeff's Joint. For those of you that don't know, but you do know because you've listened to every other episode, Jeff is a musician. Back in his days, talk about being nostalgic. This dude was literally a uh, a winner of competitions with his band. Um, and so he still carries that with him to this day. Uh, is he a, a connoisseur, historian of music, if you will, a music historian? Uh, I don't know. That's not a word. Right, Brian? It's not a word. Okay, it's a word now. Um, so... Obviously, I am talking uh, for an extended period of time because it takes Jeff this amount of time to find his song and get it queued up because today we are old school again. We don't need any new tools or equipment to put this podcast up. Just two microphones, a computer, uh, some cloud lifters. Uh, Make sure that you wear your headphones when you listen to this. We probably should have told you that at the beginning of the podcast. Um, because then you would have your headphones on and you want to struggle through this entire podcast listening to one voice all in your ear and then another faint voice because we couldn't get our audio right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you, he's not ready. Brian, what are your takeaways from the podcast? Uh, I don't know, just us talking through, um, talking. yeah, that's the best, no, but, uh, <laughs> talking through, um, God did it again, God damn it, um, hitting that obstacle, man, and just thinking about it, talking about it out loud, like even things that I do that I don't realize when asked the question, um, or hearing about where we can draw inspiration from, uh, was really big, uh, having thought about like my process, like when you, when Jeff was talking about the kind of slump he's been in and then it kind of put contextualized things for me to look back on a point and be like, Oh man, this is what I was doing. I didn't even realize it now with that hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's useful for me 
to use moving forward and remembering like, oh, wow, these were the, the key things that kind of helped me move through that. Yeah. Taking that and holding it and remembering like next time when I'm feeling in that slump, reaching out and engaging with the, uh, the people around me. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a good exercise in that sense. Keep working out with you, and I'll stay motivated. But, uh, what 80s movie are you gonna go and try and uh, rewatch? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, man. <laughs> Dude, I can't. I can't get out of my head now. <laughs> you know what Jack Burton says in a time like this? Who the hell is Jack Burton? <laughs> it's me. What? What movie? What 80s movie are you? So you're gonna rewatch that one. Which 80s movie are you going to try and convince somebody else to watch with you? Oh, I've been told by an incredibly intelligent individual that I should try and convince someone to watch An Officer and a Gentleman with me. (laughs) But I don't know, man. I don't know. That seems... We'll see. All right. Very well. I I really just wish that, uh, man, my dad... My mom and dad still have all these old VHSs, um, video, these video cassettes. Nobody has a VCR to play them on, though. But uh, I really just want to have like an 80s movie double feature. Uh, I definitely, listen, Tough Turf, I'm telling you people, Tough Turf is a movie that you need to go seek out. You guys should do like a mystery science theater 3000 where you do a podcast while you're watching one of these movies and like, Talking about it, knocking that's on it, man. Well, all the, the that's the thing about eighties movies. They were yeah, yeah. They're all like an hour, hour fifteen tops. But that would be pretty fun, yeah. man. You, like you don't even have to hear it. You just tell people like, cue up, press play now. We're gonna be talking about this. Oh, somebody's back and ready. Oh, hi. oh hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jeff's joint. Amazing. If you've listened, I don't even think you need, you, like, we need to tell you who that is again. But speak on it, Jeff. Why that one? Because uh, we were talking about nostalgia. And when you're in a rut and uh, maybe going through some bad stuff, about different ways to try to get out of that rut. And one of them being to think back to good times that you had when you were younger. And uh, we'll going back in time and also because we were talking about Huey Lewis and the news for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. earlier so yeah yeah no I, I obviously it's, it's super relevant uh, as all as always with Jeff's joint but I also think like just that that idea right even though it's silly but going back in time to that particular moment that you had happiness or that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were encouraged, whatever that moment was, like going back in time to that click moment um, also makes that super relevant. So are there any other takeaways from you, Jeff?
five different ways to try to get out of there, and there are many different ways, and hopefully uh, some geeks can take some stuff away from what we said. And I just hope <laughs> that uh, you don't forget about me, you know? Oh! <laughs> hmm. With that, ladies and gentlemen, this is Yay Yay Martinez. This has been Big Jeff. Until next time, this has been Beauty and the Beast Mode. Peace.